Welcome to Becoming the 1%. I'm your host, Claudia Manjak, a multiple six-figure entrepreneur and intuitive business mentor. Each week, we'll be exploring timeless business, marketing, and sales principles to help you grow and scale a sustainable business. I will also be sharing in-depth life and mindset lessons to help you step into the best version of yourself. Now, if you're anything like me and you like to keep things simple and fluff-free, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello, friends. I am so excited to be here because today we're talking about one of my favorite topics ever, and that is money. And I know that a lot of people talk about money in general or in an abstract way, but today I wanted us to get into the nitty gritty and I cannot take credit for this uh, topic because actually a few weeks ago, as I was getting ready to record this new season of my podcast, I asked you incredible ladies on Instagram, what kind of topic do you want me to talk about? And I have some amazing ideas, so stay tuned for the next episodes. But one of you suggested talking about the best and the worst investments that I've made in my business. And that one really, really struck a chord in me because it's one thing to say, it's so great to make investments or I invested X amount in my business, but what would it look like if we were all to go into detail and basically almost give you a review of some specific things that I invested in and how they worked out for me. So today in here, we're going to be talking about some some of the best and the worst investments that I have made. If I look at my list, I have my notes here. I like to be organized. I have three. I actually have a bonus. So technically, I have four of the best investments that I've made. And then I came up with two of the worst investments. And I have to preface everything by saying the fact that this is going to be personal to every single person. So something that may have been the best investment for me might feel like the worst investment for you because you are in a different place. And the same with my worst investment. And I already know that one of my worst investments is probably some of, you know, most people's best investment. But I actually wanted to bring a different point of view to the table for you, just in case you felt yourself feeling the same way, or you're not sure if you need this in your business, or if it's a waste of money, if you should be investing in this or that or whatever. So I'm hoping by me sharing this today, I can get you thinking about investments in your business about how you manage your finances because I can, I can tell you now me starting and growing and scaling a multiple six-figure business did not happen without being intentional about finances and what I mean by that is knowing exactly how much money you have coming in every single week and month how much money is going out knowing your profit margin looking at taxes VIT things like that and I know that if you're earlier in your business, it can be so easy to bury your head in the sand and not to be thinking about these things. And again, maybe we'll do a different episode about finances more in depth. Again, if you have any questions, please um, send me a message on Instagram. I'm always there every single day. Shoot me a message and we can chat further. Or if you have an idea for a specific episode that you want me to do, again, shoot me a message. But without further ado, let's get into the best and worst investments that I have made in my multiple six-figure business so far. So. Let's start on a positive note, shall we? Number one, it's not, again, it's not in specific order, but the first thing that has been an incredible investment for my business is an engagement specialist. And what I mean by that, in case you don't know what that is, it's basically a team member that helps engage with my audience and keeping them warm. And the reason why this is actually one of the best investments for me is for a few different reasons. First of all, fantastic ROI. I can tell you now, especially, um, I'll, I'll be super transparent. I don't have an engagement person at the moment uh, because I haven't needed to. And if you don't know what's been going on with me this summer, 
quite a few things have been happening. There should be a little, um, you know, kind of intro, catch up, a quick little episode so you can hear what's been going on because obviously I haven't recorded a podcast in a few months. But basically, I don't have someone at the moment. But when I did, and I did have a person for about over a year, I saw incredible ROI because my warmest audience was always on Instagram and I didn't have the physical capacity to be able to speak to every single person or to even say hi to every new follower or to respond to every single comment and so on. So by having an engagement specialist, I was able to tap into that audience a lot faster. But I'll tell you now, it still felt personal because my engagement person didn't have conversations with these people. They were just starting something. They were just saying hi or saying thank you or replying to a comment. So then it was still me taking over from there because I know that a lot of people are freaked out by the idea that they're not talking to the actual person that they thought they were talking to. But if you are one of those people, I want to challenge you now to think of these people that you follow, these um, you know business coaches, mindset, whatever, personal brands, these people still run a business. And most likely, if they are at a point in their business where they are growing, they have a team. So if you're not sure, just ask, like, am I speaking to X? And most of the time, nine times out of 10, people will be honest and tell you if it's them answering, if it's a team member, if it's a social media manager, an engagement specialist, etc. So for me, the engagement specialist has made a big difference, not only because of what I just mentioned, the ROI and the fact that it's still personal, but it really has allowed me to still connect with my audience because I feel sometimes it's very easy to just be creating content and to be in your own bubble working with your clients and not to not to connect with your audience so honestly it's definitely hand on heart one of the best investments that I've made and again it had direct impact on sales and this is something that I will always look at the ROI and ROI doesn't always have to mean sales tomorrow. It can mean um, boosting your authority. It can mean improving your visibility. It can mean getting something started that six months down the line is going to make your life a lot easier. Whatever that looks like, make sure there is an ROI for every single investment that you make because otherwise you're actually just wasting money. So that is number one. Number two, and this might surprise some people, the second best investment, and again, not second in the sense of the the best to the worst, but you know, the second thing that I have on my list is actually a conversion copywriting course. And this might surprise some people because again, I'm not a copywriter. I shouldn't need to know copywriting, but I'll tell you now, copywriting is an incredibly important skill for every single entrepreneur that wants to sell things online. Because the way in which you communicate, the way in which you arrange the words, the way in which you know your messaging resonates with someone or doesn't, again, is going to have a huge impact on your bottom line, on your profit, on your sales, on your conversions, on everything. So uh, if you want to get specific, I don't mind sharing. Uh, the, copywriter, the copywriting course that I took is a huge one. It's probably the most well-known one. It's called Copy Hackers. And actually, Copy Hackers, they are the people that started even the term conversion copywriting. So they know their stuff. But I'll tell you now, if you were to ask me, do I recommend Copy Hackers to every single entrepreneur out there? The answer is probably no. And that is because it's intense AF. So basically, it's a course that has eight or nine courses inside it. 
and it has the total material it's around 200 or 300 hours and listen they give you everything these guys are not joking they go so in depth they really teach you everything there is about copywriting on a very technical level and looking back I'm happy that I did it I didn't finish it because honestly who has all that time when you are trying to run and grow your business and so on but I I did a, a big chunk of it it was great, but I really wish that I would have found something that was more specific to what I needed rather than really learning all the technical bits that are not always relevant. However, again, I have it on my best investments list for a reason, because I really found it incredible. And again, I saw the ROI when it came to my posts, my emails, etc. And also in terms of what I do and the, I obviously help entrepreneurs. So it's been an incredible skill to be able to assess my clients clients' content, their sales pages, the way they talk about their offers. The training that I got with Copy Hackers has paid for me over and over again. So definitely an incredible investment. Now, the third best investment that I have here is not going to surprise majority of you because I know a lot of you will feel the same. And that is hiring a business coach. My business coach, the one I'm talking about, uh, the first business coach that I hired in 2020, actually changed my business for good. And it was a three months program, an almost five figure investment. It was scary AF, but looking back, I genuinely feel like it was one of the best investments, but I want to, again, I don't have any notes on this. So if I'm a bit, if I'm a bit all over the place, don't mind that. But I really want to say this, you need to be very, very careful who you invest in as a business coach, both in terms of one-to-one programs, masterminds. If it's a course, it's you know usually a smaller investment, so uh, still do your research. But when it comes to actually interacting with a coach, I have no words to express how disheartened I've been in the past six months or so of hearing dozens of clients and students coming to me and sharing their negative experience with a business coach. And I'm not talking about business coaches that have been doing things since yesterday. I'm talking about the people that you probably watch on Instagram stories, or you listen to their podcasts, or you. You see their programs on ads, you know, and they target you or they message you, you know, in the DMs trying to get you into the programs. Those kind of people that a lot of people seem to trust. And what that says to me is the fact that there's often a big difference between how someone markets themselves versus what happens behind the scenes. So I would very strongly encourage you if you want to invest in a business coach, to look truly at who they worked with, ask people, ask their clients. Every single coach will have, um, you know, some mention of a client in a highlight on their website, you know, a name. Don't be afraid to message that person and say, hey, I saw you work with X. I'm also considering joining this program or working with them one-on-one. What was your experience like? Because again, nine times out of 10, they're going to be honest and tell you. And again, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. This is a big white industry with a lot of options out there, but so many of the people that I had such an incredible, an incredibly positive opinion about, I have heard the absolute worst things in terms of people getting coached. But anyway, I digress. In terms of my investment, I am really happy that I worked with someone that truly made me feel listened to, gave me exactly what I needed. And this is a big thing. I didn't go in there without an idea of what I needed. And this is where I see a lot of people going wrong. I went in there wanting to make sure that I scale my business, that I um, launch group programs, that I really you know, improve my messaging. You see a theme here, right? Messaging is so important, guys. But again, maybe we'll do another episode about that later on. 
But the business coach that I worked with truly changed my business. I'm forever grateful. She's awesome. I still follow her, still recommend her if anyone comes to me and asks um, about my experience with her. And she was absolutely awesome. So those were three things that were the best investments in my business, but I'm gonna give you a bonus one. And the reason why I added this one as a bonus is because I don't think everyone needs it at every single stage. Um, and it'll make sense in a second. Branding photos. So I had my first photo shoot after I hit six figures. So I hit six figures in my business only on Instagram without branding photos. So literally the only photos that I had of me were either old and I looked quite different. <laughs> so they didn't make any sense or literally taking selfies in my bedroom. Because when I started my business until about a year ago, I was working from our bedroom because we didn't have a spare room for my business. Now I have a beautiful office and it's all set up. But yeah, on my Instagram, if you scroll back for a little bit, all you'll see are just selfies of my face because we were in a pandemic, we couldn't travel, we didn't do anything fun. Once I did my branding photos, I really feel like slowly but surely I could start introducing who I truly was. And I really feel like it made an impact on how people perceived me. You know, it's one thing to um, see a little, you know, semi-pixelated selfie from a bedroom of someone telling you that they, they made six figures versus actually just having some high vibe photos. And again, you don't need those. I was able to hit six figures and I know that I could easily hit seven figures without branding images, but it just makes life easier. So here's my advice. If these things matter to you from a mindset perspective where you're gonna feel much more like a badass if you have those photos taken, do it. If you feel like the images that you currently have depicting you on your website, on your social media, if you're going on, you know, podcast as a guest, don't really represent you and your brand. That can have, again, such a huge impact on how you show up, how you talk about yourself. So just go out there. You don't need to do a big photo shoot. You can even go for something such as five to 10 headshots and just having these images that are matching what you want to put out into the world because ultimately that is all that matters. So that was my bonus one. For me, they made a big difference and I even recently had um, a brand shoot. You can probably see my cover art is different. It's from my new shoot. And again, I feel like it's much more me. Even those photos that I had last year, they didn't feel as me because I have changed, I have evolved. So if you also feel like you have evolved past what you have visually, it's okay to do that. But I want to again emphasize that you don't need to and it's not a must. I never believed that. I only had the professional website done less than a year ago. I had my branding professionally done also less than a year ago. So you don't need that in order to succeed, but they're just little things that make you feel better or will attract a certain type of person and so on. And now let's get to the juicy part because I know a lot of you are waiting for my worst investments. And again, like I said, I have two things here and this first one, maybe we should get it out of the way because I feel like it might be controversial for some people. But one of the worst investments that I've made has been having a VA, a virtual assistant, just a general VA. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it sink in for a second because I know how many of my clients and people that I speak to couldn't live without their VA. And listen, I totally hear you. So I want to explain to you why having a VA hasn't worked for me. And I have worked with more than one VA, so it wasn't about the specific person. 
First of all, the timing wasn't right for me every single time. And often I felt like I had to come up with things to give to them to work on. They didn't have, um, most VAs don't necessarily have a specific task that they do for you every week. It could be the one week you need, you know, help with something a bit more technical. And the week after it's more admin or emails or a spreadsheet or, you know, it depends. But for me personally, it didn't feel right. And that is because it doesn't suit my business model and how I run my business. I work very well with specialists. So this is why I have always hired people such as designers to design things, tech people to do the tech stuff, social media managers to do social media things, engagement specialists to do engagement, and an accountant for accountancy, and so on. I really struggle with the idea of having a general person that can do little bits and bobs because I feel like that's not how my business works the best. And with that in mind, I realized the fact that there was no clear ROI for me because often I would end up just giving a VA little bits that I kind of didn't want to do, but I still needed to be possibly be involved with. So we just didn't end up working the best, you know, me and all the VAs that I tried. And again, it's nothing about them. It's purely about how I run my business. I much more prefer to work with specialists who are experts in their field. And again, I have a clear ROI. I know that I can fully trust them. I'm someone who really, when I work with someone, I want to give them the freedom to do their own thing and I can do my own thing. And then we can communicate however it works for them because I always want to respect their boundaries. But with a general VA, it just didn't work out for me. So this is how I really felt like a VA was one of the worst investments that I've made. And it wasn't as if it was about a pricing thing or anything like that, but purely from an ROI perspective. Because again, I put my CEO hat on. This is not personal at all. And as a CEO, if I look at what's coming in, what's going out, having a VA didn't make sense because with specialists, I felt a much stronger ROI. Okay. And now the second thing, and again, I would love to hear from you guys, like if you agree or not agree, but the second worst investment that I've ever made has been a bunch of low ticket bundles, courses, and a bunch of things that are low ticket. Honestly, I am yet to come across a low ticket something, and I'm talking something under 100 or 200 that has truly wowed me, impressed me, made me feel like I was able to make a change. My experience has been that um, all the low ticket things that I bought are basically the equivalent of a freebie. And it's something that actually, (laughs) to be completely honest, I don't understand or agree with. I've only ever sold a low ticket course once, um, consistent client attractor. I know a lot of you have purchased them, uh, purchased it. Um, And I have gotten really good feedback because I have put quality content in it. However, I cannot say that I have received the same experience when I've been on the other side as a client. And I have bought things from people that I really admire and I was just curious to see how they were doing things. And I've seen things such as five minutes of value and then trying to upsell me into something. I've seen things that were just you know, recorded five years ago with really poor audio and things like that. So generally speaking, low ticket everything has been quite disappointed. And if you were to add up how much money you spend on say three or five low ticket things, you'd be much better off making an investment that has a much stronger ROI. I know I keep repeating this, but when it comes to investments, even though you can be someone who makes an emotional purchase based on the connection that you have with someone, you should still always spend 
two seconds before you uh, press that button asking yourself, how is this going to change my life? How is this going to make me a better person? How is this going to you know, help my business with XYZ? Making sure that, again, you have an ROI, which can look in different ways. It's not always about making money, but it can be about that. It can be about making your life easier. It can be about you gaining a skill set that will make you a better entrepreneur or a better CEO or a better, it doesn't really matter. The point is just make sure that you are making investments that make sense for your business, then that you're not wasting your precious money. Because if you're spending 100 here, 300 here, 500 here, 5,000 there, 2,000 there, it all adds up and it's okay to invest. I'm totally pro-investing. I invest as often as I see that it's needed in my business, right? I feel like something is missing, but I'm not a believer in just spending your money just because you have them. Absolutely not. I believe that it's important to invest when the time feels right. And that, my friends, brings us to the end. I hope you enjoyed this one where I share what well, I shared six things in the end, six investments in my business. Uh, again, if you have any questions about this or any thoughts, uh, remember I'm always on Instagram or just shoot me a message, you know, whatever is easier for you. But um, thanks so much for joining and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Becoming the 1%. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram stories. I want to reassure you and personally thank you for tuning in. And remember, running a sustainable, highly profitable dream business and living life on your own terms is no longer just a dream. So go out there and make it happen. I believe in you. I'll see you next week.